Hello again. It's been a long time coming, but here it is. Episode 29 of The Wind Thieved Hat. And well, without giving too much away, I think you're going to enjoy this one. My guest is the writer, performer and broadcaster, Mr Byron Vincent. He joined me in my shed at the bottom of my garden and it was really, really lovely to be able to record an interview in person for the first time in a long time. Byron grew up poor, with the cards stacked against him. He had a really tough time when he was younger. He's the only one of my guests, so far as I know, to have been shot and kidnapped. But through the nurturing of his home environment and his own character kooks, he used to bunk off school to go to the library, he managed to navigate those early challenges and become one of the most thoughtful and socially conscious writers working today. Our conversation, as you might expect, roams widely. We talk about creativity, of course, but also about neurodiversity and addiction, about turning perceived deficits into attributes, about the scourge of social media, and there's some brilliant advice towards the end for anyone looking to make it as a writer or performer from a background like Byron's. Byron Vincent is a lovely human being, and he's a very eloquent one too. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Episode 29 of The Wind Thieved Hat. Hey Byron. Hey Richard, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. It's really nice to have you sitting in front of me, an actual human being, having done... um, a number of these during lockdown and, and uh, it's great to have you here in my shed. I know, actual Wales. human interaction. Who'd have thunk it? Yes, I can see you. I can touch <laughs> you, but I won't touch you. Um, not yet, anyway. Um, so th- thank you very much for joining me on this um, very special episode of The Wind Thieved Hat. Um, I thought I'd begin, mm-hmm. Byron, mm-hmm. with Byron Vincent. I mean, it, with, with a name like Byron Vincent, it's it's almost as if you were... You were destined or, or doomed to have a creative career. Uh, nominal determinism, that's what it's called, isn't I it? I see, it is indeed. Um, so here's the thing. Um, I was born Byron Vincent Baden Nuttall. Okay. And um, the Baden Nuttall was my dad's um, name. Uh, and we didn't get on. So as soon as, I, <laughs> as soon as I could afford to, when I was a teenager... I chopped that bit of my name off. Okay. Yeah. Which is kind of the boring bit of the name, isn't it? Exactly. You, you kept yeah, the yeah, best yeah. bit. Yeah, I kept the best bit. I kept um, Byron, obviously, Lord Byron, and Vincent was Van Gogh, and, and, um, and yeah. <laughs> I mean, nominal determinism could go two ways there, couldn't yes, it? Yes, yes, it could. It could. I- immensely creative or, or very, very mental. Yes. And we know yeah. which way it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> one of the um, one of the, I did a bit of you know research and reading around, and we'll talk about um, some of your work uh, throughout our chat. But there's um, there's a book that I think's come out fairly recently, um, not quite right for us. Yeah, which is a great book. Forty mm-hmm. um, odd writers talking yeah, yeah. about um, various bits and bobs, and you write about growing up in that book. Yeah, I do. And um, and when you were growing up, you you felt a little bit. Different, I think it's true to say. There's a, there's a there's a little quote that I've got from that. I like hugs. They help quiet this constant unease in me. This underlying hum of threat. They 
knowing in my middle that things are not as they should be. I was absolutely convinced as a kid that I was an alien, that I was, um, that I was going to be picked up any day now. I used to go to bed at night and, and think, I wonder if tonight's the night that my, really? you know, yeah, yeah, that my um, extraterrestrial parents will actually arrive in, in their um, immaculate and beautiful space, spaceship and, and take me off to whatever idyll I imagined kind of. <laughs> Um, in Alpha Centauri or wherever, and uh, and 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 so I think part of that was because um, I, I recently got a diagnosis of autism, and I think that's always been a part of my experience of of feeling slightly different and slightly uh, alienated, um, and especially in a kind of working class environment that that I was in. But also, uh, there was this weird exceptionalism going on at home. I grew up in a, on a, in a council estate environment with my mum and my nan and my sister. And, and in many ways, they were very, very supportive of my differences. To my detriment, I'd like to say. <laughs> you know, like, so, so everything was spun as, as you can get away with this because you're, um, you're, you're different. And, and, and that difference was not, Outside of the house, that difference was not received well. <laughs> but inside of the house, it was told. I was told that I, it, was, it was because I was exceptional. I was either exceptionally bright or, or exceptionally sensitive in a positive way. Or okay. so, you know, so I had this kind of um, dual experience of of being of struggling outside my home in a very aggressive and predatorial working class or underclass environment. But being told that I was smarter than everybody else in the right. house, which wasn't true, by the way, you know, it was just it was just kind of um, my mum, I guess, trying to look out for me in the best way that she knew how. Yeah, was it was it just you growing up? Or did you it's me. I have an older sister, um, and like I say, yeah, the, the 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 condensed family unit was me and my sister and my mum and my nan, and they were both quite spiritual. In, I mean, I was always colossally cynical about everything, uh, but they were both quite spiritual in very different ways, ma'am. Well, in sort of wooey ways, but but that are informed by our heritage. So my nan uh, is was Romani gypsy, and she used okay. to read um, tarot cards and tea leaves. She was semi-professional, <laughs> right. and she used to she used to hold seances. She used to take me to um, to spiritualist church, which was even as a six or seven year old, I understood was a space for people to grieve. Although that grief came out in, in, in very performative, hilariously performative ways. It would, I remember being um, in the church and, and all the, all these little old Lancashire nanas called like Enid or whatever would, yeah. would, um, would go up and they would speak in tongues or they would channel their, um, they would channel their spirit guides who were almost always exotic princes or um, Native American chiefs, leaders. Uh, almost always. So, so these like, they were channeling, channeling these stereotypes that they'd seen in sort of racist 50s movies. And it was kind of like jaw dropping to watch them process their grief through the medium of these performances. Um, but I got free biscuits, so I loved yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. attention. 
And when you were when you, when you were growing up, we 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 drawn to to books and words and and art. It's funny because I'm dyslexic. Um, another you know another thing that was that was uh, spun in the household as a as a part of my genius rather than a deficit. So I was looking and again. So, I, I, you know, I, I struggled reading. I was obsessed with encyclopedias. I mean, these this is classic autistic traits, I guess. I, would, I was really into dinosaurs and I was really into facts. And for Christmas every year, I'd ask for dinosaur books and encyclopedias. And every day I would learn three facts out of my encyclopedias and memorise them. Um, and so I had this colossal wealth of general knowledge as a, as a young person which all got smacked out of my head later by heroin, no pun intended. Um, so, so, like, so, so unfortunately, uh, my general knowledge now is, and my recall, my retention recall now is appalling. Right. But, um, but yeah, as a kid, I was, I was a reader, but not of, not of fiction, which is weird considering how I ended up. Yeah, you, you say um, uh, in the um, in the dedication to your. your poetry book or one of them that I've read um, to, to the faculty of Walton Liddale High School whose disinterest in my truant, truancy yeah. allowed me to go to a library and actually learn something <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true so so me and my best mate you know it was a tumultuous and, and difficult environment an environment you know a lower income environment and you know there are obviously social pressures that cause stresses on people and, and because of that child's childhood can be difficult. Anyway, we, we would he was and is one of the most intelligent people I've ever known, but because we came from that environment nothing was expected of us. Right. But we would go to um we would snick off school and we and instead of like going smashing telephone boxes up or whatever you, you're expected to do when you're true and we went to the library and we learned I would read about Vikings and he would read about jet engines and um, and we would swap information and you know I learned way more from him explaining stuff to me than I ever did at school I had a very I did I had a difficult time at school yeah 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 and you left at 15 I got booted out at 15 but I I moved around a lot as a kid so uh, we were never settled in one place. Right. And again, now, in retrospect, I can look at stuff and, and see my life through the lens of autism. But, but one, thing's that, one thing that I think across the board autistic children don't tend to like is change or yeah. transitioning from one environment to another. And I did that a lot. I right. think we moved, I don't know. We, I think by the time I was five, we'd already moved like nine times and, and, and that wow. pattern continued and I changed schools a lot. So it was always, there was no stability in that sense. Yeah. Of course, can't blame my mum for that because, you know, it, she didn't know. She thought she was offering me a variety of experience that experiences that would have been edifying maybe. Yeah. yeah. But uh, in reality, I was just yeah. shell-shocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know from my, my my own experience. You know, our, our eldest son is um, is being diagnosed at the moment with autism, and as a parent, you at that point you suddenly go, "Fuck!" Right? It all makes like so yeah. many things from his childhood make makes, sense yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the time, yeah. you don't understand them. And 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 when we were 
we were bringing him up as a small kid, we were, you know, we were, we, you have to go to this party. Kids yeah. enjoy yeah. parties. Yeah. You yeah. must enjoy yeah. the party. Yeah, yeah. And he would and, scream. And he'd just be, you know, he'd be standing there in a corner having not spoken to anybody. Yeah, um, that was me. Yeah, right. Yeah. And looking back at all of that, it was excruciating. The reason, you know, so, so I would go to these schools and I remember um, walk, like uh, during lunch break, I would just do circuits of the, of the school looking like I was on my way to somewhere for right. an hour so I wouldn't have to talk to anybody right. or interact with anybody. I really, 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 really struggle with um, group interaction one-on-one. Yeah. Is my favourite. Right. Add another person into the dynamic, it gets a little bit more difficult. Add a group, and I just don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons that I got into performing because socially, I'm such a car crash <laughs> that that um, people I would be silent. I would elect to be silent okay. in, in most group situations, and yeah. still do actually. Yeah. Um, and so people would just assume that I had nothing to say. Right. Whereas. If I'm on stage, I can talk about the things that interest me. I can talk about my special interests, yeah. uh, but in a very controlled way. It's a one-sided conversation okay. where people applaud at the end, and who's not going to enjoy that? You know. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting because as I, um, you know, as I researched this and, and, and discovered that you'd, you'd you'd had this diagnosis recently, I thought it's mm. uh, fascinating because reconciling that with my impression of you, you know, the first time I saw you was up on stage, yeah, yeah. extremely capable. I think you were comparing some event in yeah. in Bristol, um, and I thought, well, how how does that work? You know, how yeah. does this person feel comfortable, indeed enjoy being on stage yeah. with with all these people? But it's because in that environment, I guess it's one way traffic to a degree. Isn't it? It, it is one way traffic. The the key factor is that it's very controlled, right? Because because. Um, it's the only social situation where you have entire, you know, I'm, I'm okay socially in groups if I have a role. I'm better than I am if I don't have, if I don't have a role, then I, ju- yeah. I just want to eat my own yeah. face. Yeah. It's excruciating. And, uh, but if I do, that's slightly better. But on stage, it's, it's all, everything has got its place and I know yeah. exactly what I'm supposed to yeah. be doing. I know exactly what the dynamic is. I know exactly what the rules are. Yeah. It's it's you know it might seem chaotic, and I worked hard when I was performing a lot. I worked hard at making it seem chaotic, and and or or or, or um, that anything could happen. Okay, because because that's where the excitement lies for an audience. Sometimes, I mean, I hate being an audience member as well. If I'm not sure there's going to be any interaction, I'm the worst audience member. I'm the person at the back saying, please don't talk to me, please don't talk to me, please don't, you know. Uh, so I just want to shrink into it. So, so I'm a terrible audience member and, and, I'm, and I'm, that, I'm, I'm generally, diff- uh, generally the whole performative world you're right, shouldn't fit, and in many ways doesn't. Um, and that's why I don't do it that much anymore. Okay. I'm changing the process in which okay. I work to suit my sensibilities because now, for some reason, I have a, I have a medical diagnosis that, that I feel, bizarrely, that's permission to live in a more comfortable way. Yes, yes. But surely we should be looking at things... Everybody should be just dealing with the world in response... Uh, in reaction to their own sensibilities, yes. you know, but we don't do that. We, with this very, very little self-care, I grew up thinking that that I had to be a certain way, 
you know, I, I had to behave in a certain way. And part of it's part of it comes from a sort of working class toxic masculinity. Part of it comes from just a, a, a world that is designed for neurotypical people. But I didn't understand any of that growing up. So I was just I spent the vast majority of my life of my life lying about who I am and what my needs are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you had this rocky time growing up and yeah. um, you, you said in, in something that I wrote, that read that you were 13, you were on drugs, 16 homeless and selling drugs, 20 an addict. Yeah. When did you come to sort of writing and performing and, 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 and starting to, to put things down and, and, and make creative work? Because of this ridiculous exceptionalism that was in our household, and and even though we were, you know, a council estate family and a working class family, my nan would write Lancashire dialect poetry, and she'd paint these. She'd paint the spirit world. Is she still around? She's not, that? unfortunately. Right. She's not uh, manic manic gypsy dream nan. I call her. Uh, and uh, and she she was a she had big hair and a lot of gold and velour tracksuits wow. and she'd paint like pastel colours of pa- like pastel uh, acry- acrylics of, of of either clowns or terrifying clowns or or the spirit realm. Okay. So 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 I mean, there was creativity occurring. A poetry right. though was actually really powerful. Okay. Really, I found one the other day and it was about her dad who committed suicide and he was a minor and and it was this angry poem about how minors were treated and um and and yeah she, so so there was there was there was a lot of creativity in the household so so I grew up being told that it was okay to be an artist and that I'd probably be a good one because I was so bright from my, you know like uh, okay. I wasn't getting this feedback outside of this little bubble you okay. know at school it's like you're going to be a criminal okay. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously you're going to be you know so so um, they were both right Who, what can I say <laughs> <laughs> I'm a people pleaser um, and so you know I left things got the abrasive edges of the estate sort yeah. of kind of wear you down eventually you know I became the cliche that everybody expected me to be I was homeless at 15 and, and kind of and got into drugs and, and got into but I was super sensitive and autistic and creative and I and I and aspirational weirdly aspirational for the group out for my social group okay they were like it they it was it was absolutely crazy for them when I started writing and performing poetry they were very supportive People would think that a lot, you know, that all these gangsters and and um, and drug dealers and, and and whatnot would be like, and you know, council estate hard men would be like, no, they were like, that's amazing, Great. it's amazing that you're doing this, really, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And were you writing about, you know, at the time, what was at, going on? Then? Yeah, yeah, at the yeah. time, it was very, it was very angry, proletarian like diatribe of you know like it was all sort of um yeah it was it with, with uh, softened with with laughs yeah and 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 and, and some uh, veering towards the surreal at some point because i, I can't stop myself from yeah. from from that and and then as as things progressed um it sort of snowballed yeah. and uh and 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 i got uh, yeah i mean I, I ended up earning a living being a performance poet, which is the most 
embarrassing and ridiculous career to have for yeah. anybody, I think. Yeah. So I read um, I read Barking Doggerel, which I guess is <laughs> is some of those, uh, some of those it must be quite early poems. Very early, yeah. And, yeah. and they conform to what you what you said. There's a there's a there's a there's there's great humour and playfulness about those, but there is a there is a coldness to them as yeah, well, you yeah, know, yeah. A, a cynicism. Uh, you know, yeah. you, you, one can sense that you are not comfortable. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, I'm probably a little bit embarrassed that that was ever published because it was all, they were throwaway performance pieces that right. were probably only ever done once. Um, and, and somebody said, oh, let me, let me just take a stack of these and publish them. And, yeah. and so I was like, okay. And then, uh, and then they were, then they were physical objects in that sort of, that made me feel, I didn't feel great about it afterwards. Okay. In fact, nobody knows this actually. So I got, <laughs> the publisher sent me about 500 copies to um, to sell whilst I was touring. Yeah. And I pulped them. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> Straight away. Okay. I right. just, I was just like, nope. Okay. 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 So, so, so there are some out in the world. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But, but yeah, I was like, yeah. I, yeah um, I suppose another, um, piece of work which which maybe ties into that yeah, yeah. period is 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 the bbc short that you've just done the, sh- the short film that oh yeah yeah that's definitely <coughs> no grasses no nonsense which which yeah. i imagine is you know it was informed by some of your early experiences yeah yeah very much so it's an incredibly powerful sort of monologue isn't it by um with with michael soccer yeah yeah he's brilliant and and so what was interesting about that process is um you know, I'm I'm 47. I forgot how old I was for a second. <laughs> 47, and and uh, and I'm and I'm. It, this is a a period of transformation creatively for me. Okay. Um, for for many 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 reasons, but I really loved the process of making that short film. On we only had a, we only had an afternoon to actually make the film. No way. So yes, yeah, we did 17 pages in an afternoon, which is unheard of for television, uh, and then it was edited right down. Um, but I really love the director James Price. I recommend anybody go and check out James Price's short films. The 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 he's another council estate Herbert who's 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 doing great things, and and we have a similar life experience, and we get on like a house on fire. I, I, I really really like him as a human being and as an artist. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna make a movie together, so I'm I'm great. really looking forward to that. Um, but the process was was very pressured and quick on the day but that's fine because everything preceding it taught me a lot about what I want to do in the future um you know I do want to kind of you know I've learned a thing or two over the last 20 odd years or however long it is I've been making work longer (laughs) god um and uh when I first started out like I say I was making really um crass and probably not very um, interesting work about about my environment, and hopefully I can I can go back to writing about something that means something to me mm. now, <laughs> mm. uh, and making work that that means something to me, and and more importantly, using a process that I can sit comfortably within. Um, as an autistic person, but also um, as a person who grew up in a very specific underclass environment, uh, and so that making that movie, everybody 
almost everybody on the team grew up in was council house uh, raised right and and I, even if you'd have asked me 10 years ago I was like it doesn't matter why would that matter but actually <laughs> it mattered immensely and so uh, the, one of the next projects I'm doing is I'm, I'm making a, a, a play and everybody on the team um, from producer to director to well I'm going to direct but <laughs> right, right, right I'm going to write and direct but it's also going to be collaborative all the dramaturgy is going to be um, instead of like a, a, a a dramaturgist coming in and, mm-hmm. and, and telling us where we're going wrong. I'm just going to have a bunch of people from the local estates come in and be bullshit detectors. Right. They just their job will be like, I don't believe that. That's not real. Mm-hmm. This 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 is my you know this is my experience of what you've just tried to convey, and I'm not feeling it. Mm-hmm. So all the actors, everybody, we're all. It's all going to be a a, um, a a sort of I don't I never know what to call us scumbags. You know, <laughs> so, you know what I mean? <laughs> an underclass sort of crew, just for this because 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 doing doing things for Skint, which was the the um, no grasses no nonces TV show thing. It really mattered. I didn't. I I wasn't sure how that process would work out, but it really on in the room. Everybody got it immediately. Michael Soker turned up, and he. I mean, we'd chatted to him. Uh, you know, I'd had yeah. some conversations with him, and he he had a, he had one afternoon off. He drove like from, he, he drove from uh, the New Shea Meadows set yeah. to do this, and then and then we all we all worked late, and then he he drove the six hours back. Um, to, and then went back to work the next day. So, hats off to him because he he pulled a blinder. I he's think br- he's, he's he's brilliant. Yeah, I think, and it's it's still on the. I think it's going to be on the iPlayer for a while for for anybody listening. Yeah, that, that there's that because um, he's talking about we won't give too much away, but he's talking about an event which happened in the past. Yeah, yeah, and occasionally that just spilled bursts through. Doesn't yeah, it? yeah. Um, so as they do, as they do. So, so now you're you're sort of at this point where you're you're understanding yourself a bit more, and you're you're thinking about how you work and how you make work. Mm. I mean, what what is the sort of the format and the process now that you think you're 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 going to try and use to? Well, I guess one of the biggest things is that I'm not putting myself in my work um, in the same way. I mean, I'm I'm you know I'm, I write about what I know. Yeah. I'm a simple man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> about what I know a lot, uh, and 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 because I've got a lot to say about that stuff as well. You know, I, 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 it's a it's a cheesy cliche, but you know, part of this is me. Part of this is me vomiting the various chips from my shoulder into the world, and and I'm not going to say it's a catharsis because I'm not sure it is. Sometimes it k- kicks up the silt, you know, but. Um, but yeah, it's I'm I'm doing that. But I, what I'm not doing is centering myself in in the work in the same, as a performer. Right. So I, I mean, I've got I've got this diagnosis of of ADHD, which means I like I really struggle to learn lines. Like I've always struggled to learn lines. It's like it, to the to the detriment of of every work I've ever made that I've centered myself in as a performer. Yeah. Uh, and 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 autism, like just being around people, is a struggle. So like I'm limiting how I do that I'm, I'm just making life a little bit easier for myself and so I'll be writing and performing and directing and one of the things that if I get to work with James Price and we get to make this film for example he's more of an extrovert 
He's a, a, a brilliant director, but I can sort of co-direct with him right. and I can whisper in his ear and yeah. then he can convey that message yeah. to people in a way that I won't clumsily mess up because I'm reading the room wrong or whatever. Yeah. So so like uh, I'm, I'm surrounding myself with people who understand my needs and understand the environment that I'm from. Yeah. So I'm getting to talk about this stuff that has been like a, a swelling up inside me for, for decades and I'm hopefully getting to talk about it in a powerful and eloquent way that isn't like damaging to my well-being so yeah, yeah, so yeah. so it's it's all good yeah it's a really um, it's a really joyful thing isn't it to make work with a bunch of other individuals you know when you come to like on a yeah. film set particularly yeah, yeah. where yeah, yeah. you know that each individual is, is, is really good at their job yeah. and together you're going to do something that you couldn't have done on your own. It's, yeah, yeah. A, it's a really lovely thing. Well, that's a really, really interesting thing for me because I have always, because of, I guess, autism, um, or I'm an introvert, you know, I'm an introvert and I don't really enjoy being around people. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, I love people. I love people, yeah. but I don't be, enjoy being around people in certain contexts. Group contexts often make me uncomfortable. Yes. And so I've, I've really, really, really had to find ways of working where, where, I, where I can sort of navigate that in a very specific way. And it's, re- it's been very, very limiting. Very limiting. It's probably the reason I'm an artist okay. professionally. Because what other what other job can you do where you have that level of control over over how you interact with people? Yeah. And when you do interact interact with people, there's a there's a sort of oh, it's okay, he's an artist, kind of. It's yeah, you know, you yeah. can kind of get away with a, a bit of eccentricity. Yes. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you've looking looking back at the your career so far, you you've you you haven't settled particularly have you is is my impression although talking to you now and I I feel like you are becoming more settled Uh, again it's it's all it's the story of my life for a reason and and the reasons are my sensitivities call you know I'm sceptical about diagnoses but let's just you know I'm, I'm using autism as a shorthand like my, my, my sensitivities with the rest of the world that, that, and, and, and class, my, my, social, my social upbringing and, and, the, and the hurdles that that provided um, mean that my life has taken a very specific route. Like I couldn't, there's, there's so many jobs that I couldn't do. I've, I'm unemployable because... because um, of not just because of my autistic sensitivities, but if you look at my, um, you know, I went out for a meal with my future father-in-law um, uh, for the first time, a okay. couple a couple of, uh, just me and him, a, a couple of uh, days ago. And I was just, like, I was, when I went to meet him, I was just thinking, God, I hope he's not read my Wikipedia page. Because <laughs> it just says mental drug addict, basically. <laughs> the short, the take-home message... Is it's not you know you know like this is the person I want to, <laughs> my daughter to marry you know yeah, yeah. this is not it's not a good look and so and so they're the headlines and but they are the headlines in 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 the in the Hadie by the way hmm? Hadie read it I don't know okay. if, if he was very gracious <laughs> he was very gracious okay. if if he had okay um and I think 
hopefully I have enough work in the world now that sort of explores this stuff yeah. so that people can understand that it's not as black and white as it might appear if you've not lived through those kind of experiences. Yeah. Uh, in fact, a lot of my work is about creating that bridge for people who, who, who find people from my environment aggressive or alien or, or just, you know, they have very specific one-dimensional uh, a narrow view of, of what we are about mm-hmm. um, when you know we're a broad church and, and we're complex individuals we're just reacting to um, difficult and harsh circumstances which can make us difficult and harsh people <laughs> you know um, and so and so yeah that, I've forgotten what your original question was <laughs> but but yeah that I am trying to I'm trying to work in a way that yeah. that, that is that suits those things because I've never been allowed to, you know, yes. like, a, yeah. so, so I, I actually I exist as an artist, not because I sort of, because I can't do anything else. What else could I do? I can't mm-hmm. work in a shop. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't, what can I do? Mm-hmm. I, I, and, 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 and if you look at my personal history, which is I'm very public, who would employ me? I wouldn't employ me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, well, I'm pleased it went all right Thanks. with your father. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, all right. That's, yeah, yeah. that's good. For, for, for anyone who doesn't know your work, I yeah. think one of the things that characterises it for me is um, a, a, a beautiful way with words, you know, and people probably already have this from listening to the 20 or so minutes that we've recorded, but you've got this lovely sort of joyful way you kind of skip along through <laughs> sentences and... Um, I, 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 and, and I was thinking about this, particularly in the context of your, you know, you, you've talked about ADHD and, yeah. and, and being difficult to settle. And it's almost mm. like in language, too, you don't settle. Yeah, that's, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but I think that's, um, that's, that's a wonderful thing. I mean, we'll talk about, um, we'll talk about um, Instagram in the apocalypse. Um, but um, there were just a couple of lines that I wrote down the other day when I was watching it on the train. The British Prime Minister is a notoriously dishonest Aryan philandering chump chop. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was very nice. Peanuts are beans, all media is propaganda. We're driving a clown car of deceit down a boulevard of inaccuracy. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I love language and I love playing with language. And I think one of the reasons for that as well is because of my elected silence in a lot of situations growing up okay and and even as an adult again as again an autistic thing and because i feel very ineloquent in life and really? yeah um and i don't feel like a clear and lucid communicator and the reason for that is because i as you'll notice lose my way i you know like i, I lose my way in conversation so many because adhd um, means that any distraction from the beginning of a, between the beginning of a sentence and the end of a sentence means that I'm not going to know what the end of that sentence is, and the world is a is a is a tsunami of dis- distractions. So I often will start sentences and 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 not know where they're going <laughs> because I'll because I'll be distracted three or four times by my own stupid brain. Often, okay. you know, I'll, I'll be like, oh, magpie. And so and so, yeah, I mean, there are benefits to that creatively for sure, yes. especially in terms of um, taking people 
to places where they didn't expect to go. And in fact, right. the, the best, in terms of my creative career, where that worked in, in a great way were, were poetry, but more so comedy. Because if you can, uh, people get a free son of excitement when, when the end of a sentence isn't where they expected it to go or the end of an anecdote isn't where expect, it, they expected it to go. And, um, and so that, that helps a sort of a comedy impetus yeah, you know, like the, uh, yeah. uh, it, it, that sensibility, that surprise. Yeah, exactly. Works really well. Uh, um, but actually, it's like everything else in my life. It's a deficit that I work with yeah. that I'm just trying to make function. Yeah, I'm trying to find a, 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 an environment where I can uh, use these um, these many deficits that I've got in a creative way. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that. Um, it's really interesting, isn't it, that, that we, 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 we're encouraged to see these things as deficits. Yeah. And yet, in the, in the realm of creativity, yeah. often it is the particular wiring of our brain that enables us to make the work we do. And, and, I, and I guess, you know, the wiring of your brain and is, is such that you've got these beautiful sort of sentences that, that skip along. Well, I have some thoughts about that. I think that because we live in a world that is designed for neurotypical people, and that's changing a little bit, that, um, you know, we grow up being told that they're deficits. And even even I, as a person who suffers with these things, and even I was told by, you know, I had this this very, 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 very lucky formative experience of being told that I was exceptional Mm. and not lesser. Mm. I mean, if I'd have been told that I was le- that I was lesser, there's no way I would be where I am today. Right. No way, because because right. the weight I know other people and the weight of that, with actually experiencing the dis- difficulties that you experience when you're autistic or that when you're, um, you know, that 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 uh, trifecta of autism, ADHD, and um, and trauma or class-based trauma, I would classify it as. Um, all of that burden uh, on top of people, you know, I got enough people at school, teachers and, and whatnot, telling me I was stupid and, and I didn't feel stupid. You know, I didn't feel stupid and, and I knew things that they didn't know. Right. And, and I thought in a way that, you know, and I was lucky, I was really lucky to have this um, sort of unreasonable support at home. Yeah. Because without that, I would, you know... I would have just ended up like everybody else from my environment. Yeah. And I did. I did for for a while. I did. I did. You know, I went to that place. But I had this sort of foundation of like, yeah, of maybe I can achieve something beyond this. Yeah. That, that sort of nurturing core. That, yeah. Yeah. That, it's nurturing is such an un- undervalued thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. the outcomes of a nurtured person are far greater than the outcomes of somebody who's who's had nothing but negative yeah. Input, you know. Yeah, yeah. You spoke. You've um, you've done a, a, a podcast yourself on yeah. social justice, mm-hmm. and um, you know, one of the ones I listened to was um, with Kit Deval. Yeah, um, he was extremely. He was brilliant in that. He's in, great in, 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 in that conversation. And you talked about the difficulty with this concept of social mobility. Yeah, which is sort of we've we've been inculcated with over, well over the past few decades uh-huh. could you could you explain a little bit about why that is potentially problematic 
Um, it's problematic for a lot of reasons. The main one being that uh, that it rewards exceptionalism. Um, sometimes, if you're lucky, if you're lucky, it, it rewards it rewards exceptionalism, but takes the focus off the betterment of everybody and the betterment of the environment. Like, okay, so say for example, one in every 500 people does really, really well at school and they um, get to leave the estate and um, go on to be, to move to a beautiful um, affluent place um, and, and live their dream or whatever, if they're lucky. What about the what about everybody that's left behind? Uh, you know, and, and, and what about their aspirations? And, and we see the world through a lens that is very middle class or, or, um, or, or upper class even. You know, the, the sensibilities and aspirations and um, lives of working class and underclass people are often seen as lesser uh, and the culture um, is often seen as lesser when it it isn't. <laughs> you know, yeah. it isn't it, like it, like it, 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 there's a, there's a, there's vibrancy and you, look. I'm not putting a rose tinted spec. Uh, I'm not putting. A, I'm not looking at poverty through r- rose tinted specs. It's horrible and the stresses of living in a economically disenfranchised um, environment. Uh, mean that you're less likely to to succeed because stress is is a is a prohibitive you know it's prohibitive emotionally and it's prohibitive creatively in every sense yeah and so 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 there's you know people we shouldn't just be rewarding people who who, who are certain who are exceptional in a certain very specific type of way yeah. we should be looking after communities and I think that's the problem. Yeah. That's the that's the issue that I was getting at. Don't get me wrong. People who are doing exceptional work should be rewarded. Like I'm, this isn't about taking anything away from anybody. Yeah. Like I'm not. I'm not. I, you know. And and also, you know, I'm. A, I guess I'm a bit of a socialist at heart. But I I think that you know that doesn't mean that I just think that everybody should live well. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I'm not. That's not. I don't want to take anything off anybody. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. well, that's not true. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, some people have an obscene amount of wealth that they you know, and, and yes. I would quite happily yeah. have a bloody re- revolution to 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 disseminate that. Yeah. But, um, but that being said, there are simple things that. That, that people who grew up like me know mm. that we understand fundamentally that could be done in working class and underclass environments to make people's lives better yeah and and they aren't and they aren't done and it actually it's going very much the other way and it's sure. certainly at the moment certainly at the moment like i i really 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 fear for 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 what's coming for the next the next generation of people who grow up in social housing and grow up in poverty and grow up in ghettoisation because because there's there's a there's a level of austerity at the moment that that is gonna bite the rest of society on its ass you know it's gonna be it's there's going to be a boiling point oh, the, the boiling point's already happening you know what I mean and yeah. and, and and the next gen like like the reason I'm I'm a like listeners at home can't be fully aware of this but I'm fucking adorable 
<laughs> I'm a lovely person. Like I like, but I, I like like I, I I move through the world trying to be as nice to people as possible. I'm I, I don't I, I hate conflict. Um, yeah. I just want everybody to be nice to each other, and I just want to be nice to people. And I've and I've been done some terrible criminal things. Like yeah, I grew up, uh, and and I've been in all kinds of violent um, situations. I'm littered in knife wounds and 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 gunshots and and all kinds of stuff. And that's because, like I, I grew up as a sensitive little kid, and and, and I'm allowed to be a, a lovely, sensitive adult. But yeah. as a you know, environment shapes behaviour. Yeah. I'm not excusing anything I've ever done. I am personally responsible for everything I've ever done. But what I'm saying is that there is no. There is no doubt environment shapes behaviour. And if we want people to turn up, if we want people to grow up um, to be productive and functioning members of society rather than heinous criminals, then we need to treat those people with some human fucking dignity. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and make sure everybody feels that their voice is, is worth listening to. Yeah, and, and, and giving people the tools. Look, I, I think the most important type of education is emotional education. Okay. Like, like nothing, else, nothing else matters <laughs> until yeah. you've got that sorted. Because yeah. if you've got, like, if you, like, everybody, nobody who I grew up with everybody who I grew up with is doing heroin and crime, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, all that maths and, and, and history and geography, all that geology they were taught during geography classes, none of that matters because they, they weren't taught how to emotionally regulate because, and they were in an incredibly stressful environment. They were dealing with all kinds of trauma. If, if the education that those people had received had been an emotional education to, to cover the deficit that they were experiencing often in their home lives... Mm. Um, you know, uh, 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 how to navigate trauma, how to um, uh, interact emotionally, that kind of... If, if, if people were taught that stuff, um, then all the academic stuff would fall into place later. Mm. Like, the most important people is... The most important thing that people should be taught is how to function without... Um, and how to navigate stress. Um, because, because if you don't have that going for you, then you're not going to do well elsewhere or if you do manage to do well there's going to be a breaking point at some point yeah a much more holistic way of seeing education yeah exactly in the very limited academic way we see it at the moment yeah limestone doesn't really count for much does it (laughs) well it does it it does at some point all that stuff is equally important but it's got to come later yes it's like you can't have you you know you can't have the latter without first having the former yes yeah and obviously I I don't want to offend any listeners who live in the Yorkshire Dales (laughs) limestone is very important um so let, let's talk a little bit now about um, Instagram in the apocalypse. Okay, cool. Uh, now we we had a cup of tea um, uh, just before we did this, uh-huh. and, uh, 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 and you you said you're actually reflecting on whether you you had to make the film in in a rush. Yeah. Um, I think it's a it's a brilliant piece of work and and really um, really quite refreshing and original. Um, and I'm. I made a note to myself. Yeah. I put no spoilers here, right, okay. Because I don't, yeah. don't want to give anything away, yeah. and I'm, I'm really hoping that people um, get an opportunity to 
to view it. But one of the themes is is, is kind of there's a, there's a lot there's 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 love and there's there's stuff about anxiety and, and PTSD and but it's about manipulation. Yeah. I think isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, manipulation of of you and and the viewer to a degree and and of all of us by by the way we live. What, yeah. What was the um, what was the impulse to, 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 to make this film? It was two-pronged, I guess. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, as I've mentioned already in this podcast, I'm getting married soon. And, uh, and um, I, I've got this, you know, I'm in this really beautiful, lovely relationship. And, and it sort of highlighted that, that I'd made some bad choices <laughs> in yeah. the past. Like, it's like, oh, you know, it's like, oh, this is what it should be like. You know, it doesn't... People aren't, you know, like it. I think I'd been in relationships with people with their own struggles, and because of that, you know, they weren't maybe as honest as they could have been, or, 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 or you know, and so, so, I don't know. That's one part of it is uh, is was was like the personal, and the other part is that we're living in an age that is, especially for those of us who are cracking on a bit, you know, increasing increasingly difficult to understand in terms of where we source things where yeah. we source the truth if that's even possible these days yeah you know all media outlets let's have their own agenda and biases and 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 then when you start getting into social media uh, it becomes incredibly complicated there's a there's a sort of inbuilt toxicity with many of those platforms and um with the addition, you know, we've got the algorithm and then we've got AI and then we've got, you know, deep fakes uh, and then we've got state intervention from, from other nations in, in our politics in ways that, you know, we aren't, none of us are really sophisticated enough to kind of understand every element of it. And so we are we are all aware that we're being consistently manipulated and lied to both by human beings and by artificial intelligence. Um, I wanted to use a relationship as an allegory, basically, because we've all been in shitty relationships or most of us have had some kind of relationship where people have been dishonest with us or, or whatever. And we understand what that feels like. And it's very clear and simple. Yeah. And so it's much easy. It was much easier to tell the story. I was reflecting on some of my own choices as well. Um, uh, uh, it was much easier to tell the story of, of how do we, how do we navigate an uncertain world? Yeah. Um, through something that was binary, like a relationship rather than something that's incredibly complex, like, the sort of technological evolution that we're experiencing at the moment right. and the anxiety that comes with that. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So you've got that really clear sort of simple line yeah, through yeah. it of this relationship between two people. Yeah, yeah. And that is then sort of explored through this weird kind of digital soup of yeah, yeah. text messages and social media and So it's a, it was about it, the original idea was like you know, I'm of a of an age, I guess, where where I'm beginning, where where I was at an age where I was like just on the cusp of of that sort of technological revolution, and 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 so so the more I researched into sort of um, what was behind 
what the sort of machinations and machinery behind some of the social media platforms and and how we respond to them psychologically and and uh, you know there's a lot of conflicting information out there as well but mm. but it all it, it all seemed a bit scary and overwhelming and and the the general take home was that you know we're being manipulated and exploited and um our negative impulses are being um uh, yeah, they're being exploited and and, and for clicks, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Uh, all, all our negative feelings and our negative emotions are being exploited for clicks, and and so, and so, like, how do we? And and a lot of people don't realise that. Like my mum, I love my mum to bits, but she she like I, I blocked her. I've blocked her on Facebook because she's 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 gone down. She's gone down a not quite QAnon, but that okay. that you know right. that's that sort of way rabbit hole and and, and, I, and I've yeah. been explaining to her how the click economy works and and and, and that, that it, you know some of the stuff that she's been posting even though it's innocuous in itself you know bad people are making money from these things yeah. and and uh, and so like but that you know telling a you know somebody in the 70s that yeah uh, and 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 trying to explain the emotional uh, manipulation that she's experiencing, also the 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 way you could like I could see the trajectory. It was like it was like um, she'd share something that was that was a bit sort of um, questioning, yeah. And and then within a few months, she's down a she's down yeah. a, a, a sort of Pizzagate rabbit hole or whatever you know. The algorithms have like, accelerated. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And she's always she's always been a bit sort of that way inclined okay. you know there was a few david Icke books knocking okay. around when i was growing, you know so so i had i was i was around that stuff when i was younger um yeah. and so like i knew that she's and you know well she will hate the fact that i'm calling her susceptible yeah okay. <laughs> because she's a truth seeker you yes, know she of course you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and so and so like uh <laughs> but the, yeah and, and and i've seen it you know, I'm on my social media time timeline yeah. all over the place. It's usually, actually, boomers, and I don't mean to add to the prejudice <laughs> against boomers and like stoners, young men who are stoners, yes. and this like yeah, that, yeah. That, that, those demographics, like sort of mums and mums and like lads called Kyle who have like monster uh, energy drink tattoos on them. Like yeah. they share this love. <laughs> Of like kind of QAnon type conspiracy yeah. stuff, yeah. and and they meet on these, and it's kind of a, it's kind of beautiful, but like also just come on now, really and dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I mean that's a that's a very light hearted take on what is actually, uh, uh, you know, very terrifying, and 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 people can be radicalized, and and mm. and people are are emotionally right look at Twitter, mm. it's a shit show, mm. and and mm. and and you can see people being, uh, it's a sorry for using this phrase emotionally radicalized in within 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 a single interaction yeah. go from it's like it's like you know it's like road rage but and and so that can translate into the real world and and, I ho- and without some kind of regulation i guess eventually will you know yeah. our our sensibilities i'm using the word sensibilities a lot today are changing yeah. and not for the better yeah there's a nice line in uh, in the film where you say the world world is so messed up at the moment that I don't even know which of my neuroses are reasonable and rational and which are properly. <laughs> yeah, it's which true. A lot of people can relate to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I think uh, I think that's the that's one of the big issues that that like and and there's a you know bigotry and and hate 
have been platformed and normalized in a way that they never have in my lifetime before. Mm. I mean, there, you know, bigotry, there was a lot of, obviously, I grew up in, 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 a, in the, I was born in the 70s where there was all kinds of NF and stuff, Combat 18 and all that stuff, but yeah. you saw it. You saw where the idiots were and, 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 and kind of yeah. like, you were like, oh, those guys. Yeah. And there was a pushback. Yeah. Whereas now it's sort of um, spun in a way that is, that is socially acceptable in, in a lot of circles. And, there's, and, and the, the divisions between, you know, the communication has, has broken down. I mean, there's always, there's always deep division, but like, but the combat is, is, is everybody's first, even people who were reasonable and rational and were up for discourse with people with opposing views, which I hope I still am, because I, I would, you know, like I would, we got to try and make a connection with the people that we share the world with, even yeah. if we despise what they believe. Yeah. You know, um, because those people think the way they think for a reason. Not, you know, that, dis- that is not excusing any, any um, uh, behaviour. Yeah. But, but I think one of the things that I learned growing up in a very aggressive and tumultuous, you know, I'm, I, I, I grew up having to forgive a lot of bad behaviour because there was a lot of bad behavior around me. And so, and so, and look for reasons why people were behaving. And if you, you know, if you pull back the surface, often people who think terrible things or behave in a very angry way, um, you know, you can see where the source of that is. Mm -hmm. Not always. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, some people can get in the sea, but, (laughs) but mostly, you know, we need dialogue and we need to, to, to understand why, I know this is going to sound wet to a lot of people, but we need to understand why people behave the, the way they behave so that we can um, deal with the worst elements of people ca- people's characters in a practical way, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which often is a compassionate way. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's part of the role of, of good, good, good stories too, isn't it? Absolutely, in, in whatever form they enable us to to see the world from somebody else's perspective and to understand where that perspective arises from. That's my whole shtick at the moment. Really, is trying to um, connect people with disparate experiences. Obviously, I can only speak from my own experience, but hopefully, I can do it in a way that's engaging enough and interesting enough that it will bring in. I'm. I'm partly writing for people who my audience is split 50-50 between people who who have shared my experiences because I want them to feel like somebody's repping, you know, right. somebody's yeah. somebody's giving a, a voice to those experiences. But but you know, the other half if not more than half of my audience is uh, probably way more than half actually is people who've never had those experiences and I want to um, convey them in a way that makes them that engenders empathy yeah and and sort of and makes them think about more than their superficial uh, stereotypical views of of certain factions of society and so like uh, uh, you know I, I play with stereotype a lot like in that skint thing you know there's there's tons of there's tons of like I, I, what I like to do 
um, is is to is to set people up to make them feel safe in their in their stereotypes and then pull the rug. Right. Because 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 I, I just feel that uh, narrative's more impactful that way. It's more exciting and interesting, but also it makes people question their own beliefs. Um, and and that's a that's a more impactful way of changing somebody's mind than than sort of finger waving or being um, didactic or or just telling people they're wrong or stupid or they don't get it you know, um, which is there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of issue based art and film and whatnot that is hectoring. Yes. And and who's that for? Yeah 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 yeah. It's a difficult thing to get right. What, what and who do you? What's the sort of work that you like to engage with at the moment? Where you find inspiration? Then, um, what in terms of what I'm making? Oh, in, in terms of what other people have made, like you know, stuff oh, well, you read so, or watch. Or oh God, there's 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 so much stuff. I get you know, um, I I get excited by there isn't a there isn't a medium that I'm that I'm like. That I'm that I can't find some excitement and inspiration in, yeah. and it'll just be a you know I can get excited about very very disparate things. Like um, something will be linguistically interesting; it'll make me want to go and scribble away, or, or yeah. something will have a, a kind of a, a, an emotional impact, or something will make me colossally angry. And some you know I can be inspired by things I hate also equally. Yeah. I think um, in terms of people's work at the moment that I guess um, this is where my recall uh, fails me um, I guess I'll I tell you whose work I, uh, is, is, is inspired me at the moment is um, I was talking about him before James Price his, yeah. his short films right. are i just tell you a, a little anecdote yes, that, that gives, a, gives a sort of insight into into the different ways works perceived. He's got a film called Boys Night. It's only I think it's about fifteen minutes long, um, and it's about. It's actually based on him and his dad. He loves his dad passed away a couple of years ago, and they were very close. Um, and my sister works in. Um, she's the person at the police station who young offenders see to make sure that she works in basically youth and social care. Yeah, um, and she was. And she was, um, she was at this, uh, I guess, like a seminar for trauma-informed care, mm-hmm. which is a big thing at the moment, and I'm fully advocating. I'll tell you, he's a, a massive inspiration. Here's my brain again. Yeah, uh, check, out, check out James Doherty, okay. um, uh, who works for the VRU, the Violence Reduction Unit, and his talks on trauma are brilliant. Um, uh, so... so um, my sister <laughs> was at this at, at this trauma informed sem- seminar, and they started playing Boys Night, um, the, a, film, a, the right. film by by James Price, um, and and so she screenshotted it and sent it to me, and I sent it, sent it to James saying, "Did you know that they were showing Boy?" And his reply was. I thought I'd written a funny little comedy, like, and they okay. use yeah, yeah. So, so, like, right. like his his reply was like, I thought I'd, I, I thought I thought I'd written a, a light-hearted comedy, yeah, yeah. and 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 it's seen within the world as yeah. as this uh, exercise in navigating trauma. Yeah. So 
I think it's kind of funny our our um, our class and our sensibilities make us perceive things in incredibly different ways. Um, but yeah, I would definitely recommend checking out um, James Price's work. And Boys Night is a good place to start yeah. because it's rare that I meet artists who are from my environment. It's rare yeah. that I meet anybody. Yeah. We all know each other. Yeah, yeah. Like literally, every, there's there's a, there's art there's sort of Council estate raised artists across the country. I bet I've met ninety percent of them okay. who are in the public eye. Yeah. You know, it's me, Darren McGarvey. <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like the poverty safari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I find him very inspirational. Yeah. He's a he's an incredibly eloquent and insightful communicator. Yeah, and he's another inspiration. Yeah. Um, he's done. I think he's done some BBC documentaries recently. Hasn't yeah, he? yeah, yeah, yeah. May yeah. still be up. Yeah, they're, they're worth checking out. Yeah, on, on, on the iPlayer. So look, look, looking forward now. Um, obviously, we're, we're 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 coming out of this COVID thing. I think are we maybe? There's talk of it coming back. But um, uh, what 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 are you excited about then? Coming down the line, you've got this potentially this film with, with with James. Yeah, I mean, if we can if we can get that made, and it's looking. I'm, I am optimistic. If we can get that made, um, that will be... I'm so excited about that. We're going to f- hopefully film it in Morecambe. Have you got the screenplay yet? Um, I've got... I've, I've written the story. Okay. Um, it, this, it's not quite yet a screenplay. It addresses issues that are close to my heart, uh, and I think James's as well. Um, I, I'm, I, you know, I've always wanted to make a feature film. Who, who doesn't want to, you know? I'm, I, like, I, the thing is, is that I've I've moved through the arts in terms of fine art and and um, and poetry and and, and, and literature and, and these theatre. But I didn't, you know. I grew up watching films. Mm. I grew up watching films and telly. Mm. So so yeah, yeah. so it's kind of a bit more exciting for me yeah. to do those Still things. Still a great romance. About yeah that, yeah exactly exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so and so I'm very very excited about that. I'm also excited about um, about the play that I'm making um, using the, uh, all of these processes are using people with lived experience and. Um, I just know that the out the the output will be will be great, mm. but more importantly, the process will be done right, and we'll mm. look after people. Mm. It's crazy. I've worked with very well-meaning organisations who've done terrible things in terms of outreach, te- like really, really exploited people's trauma because they don't understand what they're working with right and and so and so this is why i wanted to jump in and do it right and 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 even you know this is going to sound grandiose but even maybe create a model (laughs) to pass on to other organizations of of sort of best practice because because often what will happen is some well-meaning organization will parachute into an underprivileged Mm -hmm. community draw people out of that community promise them or even if they don't promise them, there's a sort of tacit understanding or a tacit expectation that uh, that this will bring them escapism from from the current woes. Um, whereas in what really is happening is that this these big arts organisations are exploiting these poor people for their stories, and then they're just going to leave them. 
They're just gonna. They're just gonna. And so and so, no expectations are managed. There's no aftercare. Yeah. There's often trauma is explored without any sort of psychological um, mm. support. So I'm I'm gonna do things. I'm gonna do things right and um, and and create work with about the environment I grew up in with people from the environment I grew up mm. in um, in a way that is. Um, not exploitative and is understanding of the needs of those people. You, you mentioned too writing a semi-autobiographical novel. I <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been. It was originally going to be an autobiography, but <sighs> <laughs> I don't want to overload you here. No, with, no, uh, man. No, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's just what it is. So, so what it is. Uh, um, it's a, it's a, I saw the slight drop in the shoulders. Yeah, so so like uh, some things I just can't write about because, <laughs> in, in, as as memoir because the people that were involved in those experiences are still around and sure. and it's just you know legalities of things mm. and and you know and and and, I, and also. I feel very, very uneasy talking about... I mean, I can talk about my own experiences, but I feel very, very uneasy talking about stuff that was very, very, very traumatic for other mm-hmm. people, you know? And so and so, I'm going to have to... I think it'd just be easy, easy to sort of, like, do a sort of loosely based on mm-hmm. sort of novel. Mm-hmm. And that, that way I can conflate... It makes life easier for me anyway. Yeah, I can yeah, conflate yeah. characters and kind <laughs> yeah, of, you yeah. know... Make the story more interesting and, yeah. and um, just approach it obliquely. I guess. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. The thing I'm probably most excited about at the moment is that I'm setting up a company that puts on that's going to put on raves for people with autistic sensitivities and um, anxiety disorders. So we're working with organisations like South Bank and the Lowry and and uh, big organisations and Metal and. Uh, and um, designing loads of practices. So, so being, like I said, like I've repeated frequently throughout this podcast, I find groups difficult. I find social yeah. environments difficult. I find festivals, and, and that. so we're gonna we're gonna we're, we've we've done loads of research, and we're working on creative creating uh, gradients of experience that are sort of uh, sensorially. Uh, more chaotic as you go on, but there's, yeah. there's 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 also silent areas and 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 lots and lots of stuff like that and traffic light bracelets. So so if you don't want to be spoken to, you don't have to be and yeah. loads of things like that. Great. Lots of space, less Great. less people. Yeah. Uh, but all the same kind of stuff that you'd have at a normal event. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing that. Gonna be doing that over the next couple of years. Amazing. Uh, can people find out about that? Yeah. Uh, not yet, but if you follow me on social media or whatever, I'll 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 I'll. I'll you know, bang about on about it endlessly at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we, we're um, we're almost uh, almost out of time. Um, uh, uh, thank, thank, thank you so much for uh, for for um, for this conversation. Really, I've, I've really enjoyed talking to you. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And I was th- I was thinking, um, forgive me for finishing on a tricky one, but um, yeah. if there happened to be somebody out there listening to this podcast, yeah. who was thinking. You know the the way my life looks at the minute. There's there's no way I could conceivably think of myself ever, yeah. ever becoming a writer or ever standing on stage or, or ever being interviewed on a podcast. Yeah, from a background, not dissimilar to yours. What, what is is there anything you might say to them? 
Yes. Yeah. Well, like I am terrified of performing, but I've had a 25 year performance career. I'm dyslexic, but I'm a writer. Um, you know, I'm ADHD and can't structure a sentence without going off on some tangent. Yeah, here I am having a conversation for public consumption. What I would say is, uh, and I come from poverty as well, where everybody outside of my own household told me that I was going to be nothing, you know. Um, so, so here's the thing. Be, be methodical is my first piece of advice. So if you want to be a performer, then start doing local open mics and, and, um, and then, and, but then don't get comfortable there, progress to something that, that, you know, I know it's expensive to travel out of your hometown, but if you can blag a lift, you know, find a network of support, that, uh, which is really, really difficult if you're autistic, I know, because you don't like being around people, but just, just like, you, there's, there's going to be some experiences that are going to be difficult, but find a network of support and be methodical in your progression. And also, secondly, know your worth. Because, you know, you're gonna, you're, if you're good, if you're good at what you do, you'll get the feedback. People will tell you. And once, once you've achieved, I mean, don't expect things to happen o- overnight. Like this is, it's, a, it's tough being an artist and it'll take a long time. You've got to really want to do it. You've got to really want to do it. But um, once, once you've gotten to a point where enough people have told you you're great at something, then look around at who else is doing what you're doing and find out what they charge and ask for that. Because like you've got to support yourself and you've got to progress financially because otherwise... It's not going to happen for you. You've not inherited anything you're from a council estate. You know, you're, you're, you, you know you're, you're it. You're your business. So be canny. Know your worth. And it's probably more than you think it is. That's, yeah, that's my advice. Byron Vincent, thank you very much indeed for joining me on the Wind Thief Tactics. Absolutely my pleasure. Brilliant. Thank you. Cheers. So there we go. Mr. Byron Vincent. That conversation was such a pleasure. I'm going to put links to some of the things we talked about, Byron's BBC short and the James Price film in the show notes. And if you get a chance to see Instagram in the apocalypse, make sure you do. That's all from me for now. Next time, another treat. I'll be talking to the writer and former palliative care doctor, Catherine Mannix. Until then, goodbye.